Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete, two-year starter, consummate glue guy, and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Service from the heart to become your Realtors for Real Life is Team Anders Realtors' mission. Team Anders helps its clients find the home that best fits their needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. Team Anders will be in close communication with you personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. They have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. It is game week. Okay, so last week was week zero, technically game week. We got to watch some college football, but this is game week. This is when everybody kicks it off. Our Spartans kick it off. Most of the Big Ten, I believe everybody in the Big Ten, minus the two that played last week, kick off. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, dang, we've been waiting for this. Now, football obviously signifies getting to the end of summer, which sucks in its own way, especially here in Michigan where the winter is not very fun. But um, there's just something about turning the page on college football season. And, I mean, to the point where last weekend Ryan and I watched every down of Nebraska and Illinois for crying out loud and we were checking over unders on some of the other couple of handful of games we even watched Alcorn State and who was North it? Carolina North Central, Carolina yeah. Central I mean it was that kind of a weekend mixed in with some phenomenal golf again which we'll talk about this week a little bit um, I'm going to admit I usually have a about five pages full of notes. I am flying completely blind this week. We'll see how it goes. Ryan's ever the prepared one. He's going to lead us through uh, one of our segments as well. But uh, we should have a fun-filled hour or so of banter now that college football is officially back, baby. All right, from there, let's go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Yeah, um, Little topic I heard on the Dusty and Danny uh, show on SiriusXM 84 yesterday morning going to the gym. Uh, and they were talking about officiating when I turned on the car, and I was listening intently the whole way there. Uh, thought I'd start talking about this because we kind of had a segment on this on basketball officiating probably, you know, that's probably seven months ago now in January, maybe even, yeah, it probably was in January. So it's been a while. Um, but with college football upon us and college basketball coming up, not to not too far away, um, I'm going to talk about officiating. And they're talking about how officials are an issue. They talked about the officiating in the Northwest, or in the Nebraska-Illinois game, pardon me, um, and how they're really bad um, and how some of their calls weren't – it's not football anymore. That's what they're trying to say. And I agree with that to an extent, but also disagree with some of the stuff. So I'm going to kind of go through what they're talking about. Um, they're basically talking about guys getting hit, um, like the legal blindside block. I completely agree with that. That's something that, I mean, if the guy has his head turned, you make a big block on him that sp- springs a touchdown run. I don't get how that's a penalty, but apparently it is now. But the big thing that I disagreed with them on was uh, the roughing the passer penalty in the Illinois-Nebraska game. At first, I didn't think it was a bad call, but then they showed the replay, and the guy drove him into the ground and ended up being a big momentum shifter and Illinois scored and didn't really look back from there in the game, to be honest with you. Um, but the roughing the passer thing, it's not, I mean, if you hit the quarterback a little after he throws, it's not bad, push him to the ground, hit him. But if you have him and you pick him up and plant him into the turf, that's going to be a penalty every time. They're doing this to protect the quarterback, to protect the safety of the quarterback, and so guys don't get concussions, blow out knees, all this stuff. I don't get how people would complain about that. I agree that football and basketball and everything's soft now. They call a lot more wussy stuff than they used to, but there's no way that planting a guy into the turf should not be a penalty. So just keep an eye out for that uh, this weekend as college football, see how games are officiated. That will be interesting um, after COVID and 
all this stuff. Refs were masked up and had electronic whistles. Maybe they were letting stuff go. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think it's more of a rules thing listening to that ride than it is officiating. I, I mean, here's the problem with officials. We don't have enough of them. I mean, even to the point where me and people who know me know that I'm not easy on officials. I mean, I've even given an inkling of thought to signing up to be a MHSAA ref or something just because there's so few of them. Nobody wants them. They take a beating. But I agree, the rules in college football, some are definitely there for safety, and I understand them. Blindside block, I mean, come on, give me a break. Like the That means that the Lippet play that sprung um, R.J. Williamson. Williamson in the Cotton Bowl a few years ago would have been called back. I mean, the block wouldn't have been, but, you know, all the momentum from that. I mean, it's it's not touch, so come on. All right. As for me, for my podium, i got to talk a little bit of golf. And we've talked about this dude several times. And it's like he'll do things that I want to like him, like the the match this year with Phil and, and Brady and um, Aaron Rodgers. Like, he'll come down to earth a little bit, but then – he does stuff like he did last weekend. And okay, is it, it was, it's within his rights to tell Patrick Cantlay, hey, you're distracting me, stop walking. And then you go up and like basically duff your shot. So that's kind of, that's what you get, Bryson. But I have a real issue with the PGA Tour allowing Bryson to pick and choose who he talks to, when he talks to him. And then today announcing that if anybody utters anything disrespectful towards him, they're going to toss him from the tournament. Now, we only have one left, but it's a big one. Um, and, and look, I understand. Golf is a gentleman's game. I'm not a fan of, like, the, you know, WWE, MMA, mashed potato guy antics, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I, the raucousness of, like, 16 at in, in Phoenix, you know, like, I get that. I like that on occasion. I like the fans to get into it. Don't get me wrong, but... Like, there's a line in the game of golf that's different than football and everything else when it comes to disrespect. <laughs> Just don't call the dude Brooks. I mean, yeah, Brooksy. Well, like, it's a pretty simple thing. It's it's respectful versus disrespectful, and I, and I get that from the PGA. But, yo, PGA, at the same time, how about you don't let Bryson play by his own rules and set his own rules when it comes to talking to media? Just because he puts his foot in his mouth all the way to his effing kneecap doesn't give him the right to make the rules and to make the calls. Let's think about it this way. On the antithesis of these fans that I'm just called out is maybe they wouldn't call you out, Bryson, if you didn't act like such a dick. You're an ass. Oh, except for when, pardon me, when things go right, like when you went, what, something like 29-30-31 over a 27-hole stretch, then, oh, yeah, you're joking with fans, you love the fans, the fans are the best. As soon as it turns south, your mental game is about as strong as my tea game, which is zero. I have a real problem with that, I have a real problem with the PGA, coddling to him, letting him be a baby. Agree with the, the disrespect thing, agree, that that has no place in the game of golf, I, I get that, but... Let's not look further than the culprit, the cause, and it's Bryson. And it's not Bryson versus Brooks anymore. It's Bryson versus everybody. Read a great article. Um, I think they call it the Grill Room in the art, uh, in the Athletic today. You know, with the various golf writers about whether Br- whether Bryson is going to be an issue. Are fans going to root against him or for him in the Ryder Cup? Very interesting. I think you know people will root for team before player. Um, but man, Bryson just. Like, shut up, be respectful, take the lumps with the good, and grow up. I'm tired of hearing about you. I'm tired of having to waste my breath talking about you. You're ruining phenomenal golf because of your asshole-ish behavior. All right. Now we are going to throw a major penalty flag. We're talking like probably two or three in a row on this situation. I'm going to tell you kind of the who, what, and Ryan's going to get into the why. And that would be both parties here, ESPN and this, quote, Bishop Sycamore for the train wreck of a high school game that was somehow staged on ESPN last weekend, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. against IMG Academy. Ryan, get us into the details on that. Yeah, so if you didn't hear, um, this this team from Ohio, apparently, Bishop Sycamore High School, um, some random school that was just created, they come to... 
come to the knowledge that it's an online prep school that's for sports and they're actually terrible at football. Like last year they went 0-8 or something and lost by like a combined 300 points. Um, they conned ESPN of all of all uh, networks into, to a better network. into playing on national television on Sunday afternoon against IMG Academy, a football powerhouse in the United States of America that turns out D1 players left and right. It's basically a factory for mm-hmm. football. And they they conned them. They said, "Yeah, we have a bunch of D one players on our team. Um, yeah, we would we're, we're legit." They came up with fake guys who had fake offers and stuff. Like this is like a video game or a movie or something. This team, the coach it's apparently, like Manti Teo. he was g- taking this money from these players. These kids are like 20, 22 years old playing high school football at some prep school. This and the chart, this coach in charge of money. He got arrested. He got arrested today. <laughs> ESPN should be like disbanded from being able to show football for not doing their homework. If you didn't fire the production people that that did obviously no homework, I mean, you can Google a couple things and make a few phone calls and figure that out. I mean, come on, just an absolute you know what show. Um, <sighs> Fifteen yards for both of you. Yeah, it's probably it's unbelievable. Twice. And this is all over the news. People are making fun of it. Um, and IMG is like posting funny stuff saying we just beat twenty-two-year-old men. All this stuff—it's—it's it's insane. Ohio's governor is calling for a probe into this guy. They had to cancel the rest of their season. It's apparently the coach was stealing money and like buying other stuff with it. I mean, this is just a whole mess. And the SEC wants to get into bed with this network that didn't do yeah, the obvious I, homework. If you want to learn more about it, more stuff's coming out as by the minute, really. Um, and just Google it, and you'll find anything you want to. But they end up they lost this game like sixty to zero, and this was to IMG's like second best team. So uh, big nice. time personal foul ejection, toss, <laughs> never both. Go, suspended for the rest of the season. Legaric Blunt punch in the face after the Boise State game. You're done. <laughs> Amen to that. All right, we've got a great four downs, and then of course we've got our two minute drill with our picks. Uh, first down. We're just going to go back and forth with this. Um, we're going to do a little, you know, we'll call it, this will be kind of a standard first down going forward for the fall. It'll be our Big Ten review. Obviously, there was a little bit more than Big Ten last week because there was only one game. But it really anything on your mind college football-wise in this particular segment. Uh, and then we'll move on to our other downs as normal. So I'll throw a couple things out there. Number one, Scott Frost is an idiot. I, I mean, I watched that game. You know, in mid-October, it's probably not a game that I'm watching from start to finish. But when it's the first game on, and it's Big Ten, you know, at least one team, Michigan State's going to play. I'm watching it. You know, it was entertaining. But Scott Frost, you're an, you're you're an idiot. I mean, you're calling runs down 14 inside of four minutes. Where was your urgency? You didn't call a timeout until there was like one eleven left. And, yeah, you banked on those right, you know, and you they ran like three plays in nine seconds or something like that. So you got the ball back with a chance. But, I mean, you don't deserve to have a job at this level. Now, do I still think you're probably a good coach and you could probably do it at a, at a you know, non-power five? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, no offense to Illinois, who clearly – Bought into Bielema ball, which is a hell of a lot of power eye, smash you in the mouth, enough dink and dunk to then hit you like on a crazy wheel route out of the back backfield when the temperature on the field was probably like 120 degrees. Hey, credit Illinois. I mean, Ryan saw this to begin with, like I said on the pod the last couple of weeks. I talked him into in our overall preview saying Nebraska would win that game. Uh, then we went our separate ways on the picks last week and. You know, I don't know if it was as much because Ryan thought Nebraska was awful or what, but, you know, and I'm not about ready to say that Illinois is going to go better than the three and nine we picked. Maybe they'll get to four and eight. But, uh, you know, color me impressed with Bielema. Uh, not necessarily a surprise. I wouldn't have wanted him at Michigan State when they were looking at him for Michigan State. Sure as heck. Ryan and I talked about that during the game, but. Man, even without their first their first string quarterback, who is a Michigan transfer, they win with their second string quarterback, who is a Rutgers transfer, who was pretty dang accurate when he needed to be. They had four running backs. They were fresh. Their offensive line was great. Um, I just, like, 
I, I'm kind of shocked. And the only other thing that pisses me off is a missed field goal and two blown extra points cost me the over in that game and, and winning a, a pretty good little chunk of change too in my parlay. But Ryan, what are your, I mean, that's the big 10. What are your thoughts on that game? And then any of the other yeah, games just, that happened? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I was correct. Uh, yeah, you're right. Nebraska is not a good football team. Except me if you've heard this one in the last three years, Scott Frost got out coached again. And Martinez fumbled and threw or threw a pick or did Brett, something turnover wise again. Just did. He just came in and he said, "I'm I have the experience. I know what I'm doing, and you don't." And he out coached him. And go figure. Um, I I Scott Frost. I think he's a good mind. I think he was a great player for Nebraska. He ain't working. Um, you know who he is. John L. Smith. John L. Smith. He is John L. Smith. His his system and whatever it just it doesn't, it doesn't fit in the Big Ten. It just doesn't. I mean, it you, could work, but he just can't recruit. Like he's not recruiting, and right. I, and you can't you can't force your system to you know to work. You need the either the players fit the system, or you change the system to fit the players. And if you're not getting what you need, and I, I'm sorry, Martinez is a decent quarterback, but you're never going to be better than five and seven or four and eight or six and six with him. He's a turnover machine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just, I, 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 man, that's recruiting. It really, truly is. I mean, they had good, good running backs, but their offensive line was clearly a little bit outmatched. I mean, they got sacked quite a few times. Um, you know, and just some of the dumb things, like okay, this is a, a rough mistake, stupid mistakes left. You, you know, fielding the punt that his momentum carried him into the end zone. It shouldn't have been a safety. Uh, that was a blown call by the referees. I'm not really sure what they saw there, but still, what what are you doing as a coach to to tell your guy put your heels he on, the on the ten, 10. and don't go after the damn ball? And he catches it going backwards. I mean, to me, yes, the player made the decision, and bang bang, that is a coach offense. That's a coaching offense. It's a dang coaching mistake. I just the players are playing their tails off, and the coaches are screwing it up. Just like I mean, I just. I don't know how he's going to last through the season. I mean, they got, what, Buffalo next. Okay, so they'll probably get that. Although Buffalo's been decent. They have that one run. I don't know if that running back's back that had like nine bajillion yards. They play, they play Fordham on Saturday. Um, that's a win. Nebraska? Yeah. Uh, that schedule might be incorrect. Oh, we might have an old one. We had them down for a bye. All right, well, whatever. They probably beat Fordham. I would hope, geez, if they don't, he'll be fired, fired immediately. But, yeah, this must be an older schedule then. But, um yeah, insanity. I mean, great to watch college football again for sure. Um, you know, what and who is the team? Oh, San Jose State and Southern Utah had to score one point more than the than the uh, under and cost me another parlay. So um, Vegas got a little bit of my money on the weekend, but that's that kind of makes some of those other games on a weekend like that fun. Um, had a blast watching it, Ryan. I don't know if you had any other thoughts from any of the. Yeah. I know we'll see UCLA LSU mm-hmm. this yeah. week. UCLA looked decent. I mean, they ran the ball up. DTR during times Robinson, their quarterback, he did not look good. Out of sorts. Charbonnet um, though, man, he Charbonnet had better really production good. than he did at Michigan. Yeah, he looked really good. Uh, they're playing Hawaii, but yeah, I just that the, uh, the HBCU game was fun. Uh, talk about that a little bit. I mean, that was fun to watch. Pretty competitive. The other games weren't great, but. I'll get back to the Nebraska-Illinois thing real quick. There's, I don't think there's any way that if Nebraska continues this, that Frost is going to have another year. I mean, with the NCAA investigation, poor play. I mean, the players are literally screwing stuff up. They look confused. They look unmotivated. That's coaching. Um, and Adrian Martinez, 36 career turnovers at the start of year four, and he's probably started three and a half, three seasons. Um, playing at Nebraska, that is so many turnovers, and it's going to continue to grow because in his touchdown run, they had 75 yards, nice run. That was Illinois. That was blown coverage. That was that was a coverage run. They all went to one side of the field, and he just took off. Uh, he didn't do anything in that game, um, to be honest with you. But on Illinois' side, they looked good. Mike Epstein was really good. Art Sitkowski came in. He's not very good, and you filled in for Brandon Peters. Look decent. Don't know what's wrong with Peters. Hopefully he'll come back soon. Um, Illinois' defense looked tough. Calvin Hart Jr., transfer from NC State, was really good playing linebacker for him. I think he's going to end up being a scary guy in the league this year. But, yeah, I, I just know Nebraska is so underwhelming. It's unbelievable. Um, 
and I don't think it's going to get much better um, as the season goes on. Yeah, and I'm looking at this. They do play Fordham this week. That replaced from what the official Big Ten schedule was Southeast Louisiana, which was supposed to be Week 11, and that's now their their bye week. So uh, everybody in the Big Ten is going this week. But um, yeah, I mean, okay, so they got two weeks to maybe feel a little bit better about themselves before they go to Oklahoma and probably just get absolutely smashed. Yeah, Especially if they wear those little red they're uniforms. They're supposed to wear them. Oklahoma's going <clears> to... <throat> I mean, it is not even going to be fair. So one other thing I wanted to talk about in the realm of college football, um, shout out to Dan for sending me this. So, you know, we talked in the Ohio State preview, I think that was last week, about, you know, the the stud quarterback number one, you know, would have been the number one recruit in this 2022 class, Quinn Ewers, um, quarterback going to Ohio State that forwent his senior high school year because he wanted to go after NIL. Well, today he has a deal for $1.4 million, according to a source. As a basic high school senior and fourth string quarterback. (laughs) I mean... No wonder he left. Kudos to him. Great business decision. But are you kidding me? Like, what is happening to college football? How is it ever going to be right again? When you got guys that, if they've got their academics in order, or they can get some crazy certification, are going to leave early to chase money. I I mean, this is just its pure insanity. Dan, thanks for shooting that uh, our way. I agree with you. Um, College sports are broken, and I don't know how you're going to really fix any of this stuff. So... Um, that's it from, from me this week for Big Ten review standpoint. You know, we'll get into games during, um, you know, the two-minute drill at the end. I would say everybody's in action, though, all 14, um, and there's a handful of really good games, you know, some certainly yawners. But everybody out there that's got a Big Ten school, they're rooting for, and pretty much I think everybody in college football more or less plays this weekend. Uh, enjoy, because this is an amazing time of year. All right, moving to second down, we're going to switch gears and go to golf. In particular, we're going to talk a little bit about the FedEx Cup, which the finals are this weekend down at the, um, oh, down in Atlanta. What's the name? Eastlake. Eastlake. Top 30, not really sure still how, with all the jockeying that goes on and how guys' positions change literally by, like, the stroke. If you watch it all last week, it was actually a pretty cool touch by NBC. I'm not sure how Patrick Reed made it in or if he's even going to be able to be competitive, you know, coming off of pneumonia. Probably lost a bunch of weight, probably has very little energy, and it's going to be, you know, you know what hot down there um, at this time of the year especially. But still, you know, a couple things when it comes to FedEx Cup. I'll pose this question to you first. So let's run run through this, Ryan, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So for those who don't follow golf that closely or follow it just kind of mildly or don't really know. I think it was last year that the tour championship, this last event instituted what, you know, arguably maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. We'll get into it. That's the question I'm going to ask, but kind of a, they, they have a starting position for guys based on their ranks in the top 30. So we'll just run through the top few. Cantlay comes in. He's in first place to start minus 10. That's his flat score to start. Finau at minus eight, Bryson, aka Brooksy at minus seven, Rombo at minus six, Cameron Smith at minus five. Then you got Justin Thomas, Harris English, Abraham Answer, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns at minus four. Then you got Morikawa, who's so dinged up and is probably going to end up finishing last, unfortunately, which is too bad because he had a great year. But you got Morikawa, Sung J.M., Hovland, Oosthuizen. DJ all at minus three, Rory, Xander, Kokrak, Knob, Kepka, minus two, Connors, Matsuyama, Sink, Neiman, Scheffler at minus one, and then the rest, Berger, Van Royen, Garcia, Horschel, and Reed all at even. So my question to you, Ryan, is, okay, given it's a season-long thing, and it would be really, and it used to be this way, you know, the whoever won it basically won, right? Like, I mean, there's FedEx Cup points in there, I right. guess. Is this the right way to do this? Or do you want to go back to the old way? Or is there a better way that you could think of to, to do this? I mean, you don't want to say that Cantlay shouldn't have an advantage because he's number one in the FedEx standings, right? He should have some advantage. Is this the right way to do it? 
is there I don't I don't know I don't know I, I've yeah, struggled with this I, I, I also do too I think I think it's a good idea with the starting positions but I think they need to be dialed down like six under four under three under two under one under instead of ten, having a ten shot lead on the guys that yeah, I mean you look at like uh, you know a guy like Daniel Berger who's had a really he's good had a great season. year he is 13 he's tied for fives. you know tied for 26 in this setup at, at and he starts 10 strokes back I mean, he virtually, unless he goes like 62, 63, 62, lay, you know, yeah, like, egg, right. But, you know, these guys are the top 30 players for the year for a reason. Like, I, I don't understand how, how that would happen. So, I, I don't know. Is there a way that everybody starts even, but you do it more on the point side? Because, obviously, I don't even know how the how the points go for, like, you know, week yeah, to week, weird. what points you get from from your place and stuff. but. And maybe that's kind of how it was before, but can you do something that way where you're giving a guy an advantage, and but you're still even, everybody's even to start, and then that way if Cantlay just laid an egg this week and, you know, got one point and the winner got 500 or whatever, then that could be the difference. I, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but it'd be curious. Hit us up on Twitter if you got an opinion on this or if you follow it closely enough to care. For me, here's the thing. This golf season... As a, as a fan watching, has been probably the best one I can remember. And this is obviously no Tiger because he's been hurt. But you had Phil breaking a record, oldest winner of a major. You had Rombo, who got screwed at the Memorial by the COVID protocol, came back a couple weeks later, won the U.S. Open. Finau finally got off the snide. I mean, and the... What I don't even know how many weeks in a row. It feels like eight weeks in a row. There's been like a yeah. There's been a playoff, and last week it was epic. Six holes. There's been an eight hole. I mean, it's it's been like the parody, the good parody, not like average guys parody, but like phenomenal parody has been incredible, and it's just like so captivating to watch. Even though like last week they played the same, you know, they played eighteen four times and seventeen twice. I mean, to watch that, like I think it was the fifth playoff hole. Bryson just stiffed one to five feet and then with a pitching wedge from like 200 some yards, whatever it was. And then Cantlay comes back and puts it within two and a half feet. I mean, just like, you know, Brooke Bryson drives it OB in the water on 18, stiffs a, you know, the, the third shot after the penalty and forces an extra hole. I mean, it's just been like that kind of golf almost, it feels like almost every week, and it's so fun to watch. That's the bad part about the season kind of coming to an end. I mean, I get it, because football is going to be king, right? NFL, college, whatever. But um, I'm going to miss that, because I just don't know how you can ever replicate it. I mean, I saw an article, I didn't read too much of it, but about was that the greatest you know, golf tournament of all time. No, I don't necessarily think so. But the, the duel was pretty epic because clearly Cantlay, who's a pretty stoic, quiet dude, was pissed that yeah, he was mad. Bryce and Ryan and I were playing golf, so we didn't see it happen. But the way that he got called out and chastised by by Bryson. So, you know, a guy that's normally pretty calm, cool, and collected, he got he got angry and, he's, and he wasn't going to let himself lose. I mean, I've never seen a guy putt that lights out I hope this tournament is the same and it's not a letdown just because it's been such a great season and it'll be fun to watch on Sunday sandwiched around um, all the college football that's going on. So, Ryan, what are your what are your thoughts on FedEx Cup? And then we'll talk a little bit about who we think maybe has the best shots to win. Yeah, I, I think this, like you said, this golf season has been unbelievable with the amount of playoffs, how close it's been, how many different. I mean, Cantlay has won three events, but I feel like new guys win every week. The same, like different guys are up there. It's not the same. Uh, just Bryson's up there. Around, I mean, rounds they're up there, but there are other guys in the mix every week, and it's really fun to watch. I mean, this last tournament, people were complaining, "Oh, it's too easy the course." I mean, what do you expect? It's been raining a lot. The course is not like overly long or anything. It's a classic course. It's wet, no wind. And these guys, they're gonna eat it up. these they're, guys like Bryson that have 180 mile club speed. I mean, they're gonna hit. If you hit the ball in the fairway or in play, you're gonna score. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys can putt. They're great players for obviously for a reason. Um, but yeah, just so much fun. I'm looking forward to the tour championship. I mean, this weekend is just it's unbelievable with football and that. And then next week we got the NFL. All this stuff. I mean, sports are just it's like almost overwhelming. Um, but yeah, this Bryson stuff. I mean, that we've talked about. 
over and over again. I feel like he is just, I think he's an issue, and the PGA is kind of coddling him. Um, I don't like that at all. A guy I'm really happy with lately is Rory. He said he's tired. He said that last week, and he played probably his best he's played since winning. Honesty. Uh, in May. Right. And he, and he did great, and he's looking good heading to the Tour Championship where he's won before he won the Fax Cup. He's won this tournament. But Cantlay, um, wow, that, that, that duel at the end was crazy. And I was listening to this podcast, CBS Sports First Cut podcast, and they were kind of talking about it. And pardon my language, but they're like, Cantlay has that. I don't give a shit who you are, who I'm playing against. I'm going to kick your ass. And that's what he had against Bryson. He's like, I don't, God, I'm not, you can hit the ball 400 yards sometimes. I'm I don't care. I'm going to beat you. I don't care. I'm going to stare a hole through your head. I'm going to beat you. And he did that, which is awesome. I, I was so happy that he won. I cannot stand Bryson um, with all his antics. I mean, I'm trying, try to like him like you, like you were saying, Andy, but I, he just, he's such a D bag. It's unbelievable. And, he just he had some altercation with a fan after nice job Brooks and he gets up in his face and said don't you effing say that all this stuff and then went away didn't talk to the media I'm, wait, I'm waiting for him you know to to pull a kissery you know ripped his hat in pieces who broke his putter over his knee yeah, I mean like I just the PGA make him go and be a big boy. And how about you get a PR guy, Bryson, and tell him and you know coach you on things not to say, topics to avoid, putting your foot in your mouth on dumb things like saying you're not going to get the vaccine, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but because there's not enough to go around, like educate yourself before you talk. I mean, come on, it's not that hard, right? It's your job is to play golf and to talk about how you played golf. Uh, I, I you might get asked a hard question, figure out a way to answer those in a way that's not so incendiary. I mean, it's to me, it seems pretty simple. But, you know, I'm hoping that Eastlake gives us the fireworks. Um, you know, I got plenty of guys I wouldn't mind seeing win this thing. Um, I, you know, Cantley obviously gets a two-stroke lead to start. Can he keep that hot putter up? I mean, the, I, I hope he does for the Ryder Cup. That's going to be fun in a couple weeks. Um, you know, I don't know, looking at it just at a glance, I think the one guy I could see coming from further back is maybe like a Xander. You know, I've been high on him all year. I didn't put any money on him this time because I haven't won a dime on him. But, you know, he's eight back, but he's had some good success here. I believe he might have won in Eastlake one year, not necessarily the Cup. But, um, you know, he's one who's further back that I think has a chance. You know, you got a guy like Shrek who obviously is pressure tested. He's, he's seven back at minus three. Maybe, you know, like I said before, I think Morikawa is probably done. I think he's tweaked his back in the Olympics and sad to see because he's just, he's fun to watch. He's just so steady. Um, you know, it's hard not to like Cantlay, but can he keep it up? I'm definitely not rooting for Bryson. I, I just think he's going to, something's going to get in his way. He's going to be so determined to win to shut everybody up. But I just, I see, I don't know, something's going to get in his head somewhere. I mean, the dude almost shoots a 59 and then, you know, it's certainly almost one. He lost in a six-hole playoff, but I don't know. I don't think he's got it right between the temples. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see Cameron Smith, who's been steady Eddie at five, at five under. Um, you know, Answer's been playing well. I've I've liked Harris English all year. He's got a steady game. I mean, he imploded at the FedEx uh, down in Memphis a couple weeks ago on the last day playing with Bryson. I wonder what the thing is there. A mm. uh, sleeper pick I saw today was Sam Burns. Somebody was saying Sam Burns. Yeah, he's been playing he's really well. He's Big boy. Don't necessarily. Uh, he's ugly, but he is good. He's a very and he's fun. Um, fun guy. But I'm going to go with Finau. I, I just I don't know. I just feel like Finau is going to find a way. Uh, he played pretty good last week, coming off the high of you know in the late finish at the Northern Trust. So I'm going to say Finau is my guy, but. You know, those other guys kind of waiting in the wings, they would be part of my foursome for sure. Yeah, I think Finau, that, that's my guy, I think he's going to win. Uh, Finau, Rory, um, I'm hoping uh, Harris has a good week, and then Sam Burns is my dark horse, so I'll go with those four. Um, but I think Cantlay is probably, I mean, he's putters red hot. Um, and then guys like Spieth and... Brooks and Dustin, they're all Spieth hasn't been playing as well lately, but, you know, I wouldn't bother me to see him do well. Not necessarily a Brooks fan either, so I, I I could care. I hope he and Bryson finish 29th and 30th, to be honest. Um, just interesting, like Cantlay, he's such a pure putter, but he's got like all the speed back and then like a decel into the ball. And it's like, how do you control the speed? But, man, whew. I think they said it was the best putting performance 
you know, strokes gained putting in 20 years or something last week. So that will be fun to watch. Um, And golf is not done for us for the year because we've got the Ryder Cup coming in a couple weeks. I'm sure we'll we'll talk a little bit about the FedEx next week too, especially if it's uh, as classic as the last few weeks have been. All right, moving on to third down. As you know, we like our Mount Rushmore's. This is Ryan's choice this time. We're going to do a little Mount Rushmore of college football mascots. Not, not like your team name, you know, nickname, but the actual physical dress em up mascots. So plenty of schools don't have mascots. Um, all right, Ryan, you go first. Yeah, I think the best mascot in all of college sports is the one from my school, and they say it every time the world's most famous college mascot is Sparty. No, not that weird thing. <laughs> well, that's your school. Sparty. Dutch would be your Michigan school. State. Sparty. My school. Uh, I think he's the best. Um, there's a lot of good ones. I think Brutus is up there as well. I mean, I don't like the looks of him, but I think that he's probably one of the best, most famous. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, if you, you know, I would agree with Sparty. I mean, Sparty could kick all the other mascots' asses anyway. He's just, he's just classic, you know, that chin. I just... Yeah, I mean, I'm biased. We're biased as Michigan State fans, but Sparty. Um, so if you're going to go Sparty and Brutus, um, I'm going to – I got to go with Ralphie. We'll go with the live mascot. I mean, that's – there was a story recently on The Athletic because I think they were running a series of, like, 50 things. I'm so happy that this is back with college football – Read that. Do yourself a favor and read that. Like the how the genesis of the whole thing with Ralphie, which is a female bison, by the way, not a male. Because the male, I think the female weighs something like 800 pounds and the male would be closer to 2,000. Can you imagine trying to run with that? I mean, it'd kill you. But like you got to have like 200 meter track speed to be on the six person team. You got to be strong enough to guide it around the field. Just like that whole scene. And I know we talked about that with like traditions and stuff, but I. I got to go Ralphie for sure. And then I'm going to say, hmm, let's see, for, I, boy, I kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I kind of like the, um, what, what is he, I don't even know what, it, I know his name, the, the Ebus or Ibis from, Sebastian, Sebastian yeah. from the U, um, just kind of classic. I don't know. It's a bird. It's a gangly looking thing. It doesn't look tough, but I kind of I kind of like Sebastian a little bit. Yeah, I like him too. I think that was up there with my other one. I think my other one uh, that you didn't say. I had Ralphie in there was Ugga, uh, the oh, bulldog, yeah, definitely. and I think oh, the, yeah. the bulldog mascot. Mike the Tiger at Mike LSU. The Tiger's cool, pretty cool. Yeah, the is the war eagle said it's not a mascot. Is it? Not. Nah, I mean, it's the, uh, the tigers, Iber, right? Auburn Tigers, and they have their war eagle. That's more of like a Bevo. pageantry thing. Bevo. Yeah. What's um, Rachel's friend uh, from high school? Caitlin handles the ram at Colorado at Colorado State. State, and she's the only one. It's a three hundred pound ram, which is I guess like, maybe kind of smaller than I thought, but still three hundred pounds with a hell of a set of horns on it. It's like name is something like Cam or something. It's kind of funny, but she's the only one who handles this thing. Runs it out during the game and stuff. I mean, that's crazy. So you got like this live mascot. I guess one of my other favorites is certainly the duck from Oregon. Um, you know, kind of cross between Mighty Ducks and Donald Duck. But, um, you know, as a kid when Oregon was awful, the duck was still cool. So, you know, definitely like the duck. The Big Ten's probably got as many mascots as most leagues do, I would say. Brutus, Sparty. Pete, what the, what's the Nittany Lion? I Goldie. Know. Gold, I don't know. Oh, that Nittany Lion looks like a kind of dollar store Halloween costume. Right, the Scarlet Knight, the Turtle. Yeah, you got all kinds of good ones. So, you know, mascot-wise, and we we'll, we got a mascot question in the sprint a little bit later. But, yeah, they just bring some fun to it. I mean, but Sparty, he's he's pretty fun the way he picks fights with guys. Who, who are the worst and, ones? Let's talk about the worst ones. I hate Otto. Otto the Orange at yeah, Syracuse. It looks like a basketball. Yeah. I kind of I don't know why, but I kind of like the red hairball from Western Kentucky. Yeah, that big red. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool. I don't, it's, it's weird. The blob. I don't know. It's, it's like a it's a like a Bugs Bunny cartoon had something like that once or something like that. The red blob is kind of funny. I mean, you can't go wrong with these live Stanford's mascots for sure. But that's, that's dumb. Like. Stupid. First of all, Someone's why is your ranked mascot one of the tree? best, like Bleacher Report or something? And your name is like a lot of people think they're the Cardinals, like the bird, Cardinal. which is a pretty red bird. It's a Cardinal, as in the color. Like, 
a bunch of tree huggers. Um, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of some other bad ones. I, I'm suspecting. Pistol Pete at Oklahoma State. That one's creepy. It's yeah, like it is creepy. And weird. Little Red Nebraska it looks like Big Boy. He does. He does. That's what. And why don't you just go to that checked Big Boy overalls thing, Nebraska, when you play against Oklahoma? Why don't you make yourself Blue Devil is kind of creepy. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Anything in tights is creepy. Yeah, I don't like that. The yellow jacket at uh, Georgia Tech. You got yeah. the, the Tar Heel at North Carolina. That's kind of cool. It's, you know, yeah, kind of I like the Horn Frog. I think that one's kind of cool. It's kind of weird, but yeah, decent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just funny because every school's got oh, their the thing. Sun, and, Sparky the Sun Devil. Yeah, and every school's got their thing, and every school's mascot is beloved, right? I mean, it, you if Michigan had one Wolverines haven't even existed in the state of Michigan since like the, the 1800s but if they really had one I'm sure Michigan State fans would dog it and Michigan fans would think it's the best thing ever just like vice versa I'm sure it was Sparty but um, that's part of the fun of college football you just don't see that kind of stuff in the NFL I mean once in a while you have like a band like the Redskins have a band and or sorry Washington football team has a band and some things like that but that's part of the pageantry it's part of the fun and it's part of what I'm looking forward to, honestly. I'm looking forward to next week, a uh, week from Saturday, when we get to go to East Lansing for the first time in a couple of years uh, to watch a game and see Sparty come out and World's Greatest Mascot and all that kind of stuff. So that will will definitely be fun. And we'll we'll keep coming with some Mount Rushmores. i got a few other ones in mind. But if you can think of anything else you want us to Mount Rushmore for college football in particular or as we get closer to the season college basketball, hit us up on Twitter. All right, for fourth down, I'm turning the reins over to the resident expert wearing a Lions shirt here. Uh, I pretend to, I don't pretend to know much about the Lions. Um, I know this. I can't afford, and I've said this before on the podcast, to be both a diehard Michigan State and Lions fan because I only have room to have my heart broken or be utterly disappointed once a weekend, not twice. Uh, I do watch all the Lions games. I know what's going on. I do not admit to know most of their players right now, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very devoid of stars. I mean, yeah, arguable that's, that's Goff, a, Hawkinson, some of those guys. But understatement. But we'll, we'll let Ryan give us a little preview. I'll chime in if I've got a got a feeling. I watch a little bit of their preseason, so I kind of know if something's going on. But he's he's the he's the dude. He knows what's going on. So Ryan's all you. Yeah, I'm gonna start off by saying this, uh, Lions fans need to be patient um this could be a really really long season 17 games now um it's not going to be a playoff team this is not going to be a team that's really that competitive i don't think um but you know i think the future shaping up well draft picks in the future you got some good young guys to work in uh get rid of some guys as well when their contracts are up and get new guys in there that are can help them compete for nfc north division titles hopefully, and then get to the playoffs and maybe win a couple a game or two. Let's start with one. Uh, but starting off the quarterback position, Jared Goff, I mean, he led the Rams to a Super Bowl not too long ago, three years ago now, but I just don't. He's okay. He's average at best. He said something the other day, like, the Lions are going to win. We're going to win the NFC North. I love the confidence, but that's not going to happen, man. We're going to finish last. Um, but he's he's not bad. He's he's average. I hope, hope the coaching staff puts him in a good position. Um, some okay backups. Tim Boyle, he's out six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. David Blau is average at best as a backup. Um, he's okay, but running back. Go get Cam Newton. Yeah, seriously, could. Um, Cam Newton got cut today. Probably wouldn't want to pay for him, but uh, DeAndre Swift, I think he could be a really, really, really big piece for the Lions if he's healthy. That's the big thing. He was dinged up last year. He's a great receiving back. You can play him at receiver. You can hand the ball off to him. He's small, but he's strong, quick, has a good, good juke move, cut move, whatever you want to call it. He's really good. Jamal Williams is going to be a good second second back there. Comes over from the Packers. Jamar Jefferson, he's a rookie from Oregon State. He's a nice player. And then uh, Golden Eagle, I don't even know how to say his name. He's had a good preseason. He's, he's there as well as a running back. Wide receiver position where the lines have been loaded. I mean, since since Megatron uh, lose Kenny Galladay, lose Marvin Jones, lose Danny Amendola. Completely new wide receiver room aside from Quintess Cephas. Basically, Tyrell Williams comes over from the Raiders. He's decent. He had a good 2019. Is hurt last year. He'll figure to be the number one receiver. I think he'll be good. He's a deep threat. He's really really fast. Amon Ross St. Brown, the Sun God from Ohio State. Or from Ohio State, sorry, USC. 
Uh, he could be really good. I think he's probably the second best receiver on this team. Might lead the team in catches, to be honest. And he's a great, great possession receiver. Six foot four, I believe. Big. Cephas isn't bad. Uh, Tom Kennedy, little. He's Danny Amendola Jr. Basically, just he made the roster, which is kind of cool. Then trade for a guy um, from uh, Denver today. Actually, his last name is uh, Benson. Can't remember his first name. He hasn't uh, even played. He's been a practice. Trinity Benson. Guy. Yeah, he's a rook. Um, could be interesting. Um, they like. They must be him. good if they gave up a couple of late yeah, round gave picks, up some for picks for him. I mean, that's good. Khalif Raymond from from the Titans were really fast. He figures to be a good return guy. Could be decent. Lions offensive line for the first time in my entire existence, they actually have a decent offensive line that has hope. They actually have they have Decker, then they have Joan Jackson, Frank Ragnar, who's been a Pro Bowler, uh, Vitai, who's eh, at best he'll he has last year of his contract. They'll get rid of him, and get someone else, maybe draft somebody, and then Penny Sewell at right tackle um, figures to be really good. He'll have some ups and downs. He's a rookie. Uh, but that's a young. I mean, I think they're all under thirty, aside from Vitai. I mean, Ragnos in like year four, Jackson's in year two, Decker's in year five or six, and Sewell's a rookie. I mean, that's young. That's good. Keep building around that offensive line, and then T.J. Hawkinson playing tight end. He's reigning Pro Bowler. I think you have a monster. You're turning to top five tight end in the NFL. It's gonna have to. He's just got to block. That's the only thing that he can't do. He's not a great blocker, but definitely has the hands, definitely can run, definitely has the athleticism. Looking forward to seeing you. Maybe you should cut his hair, though. That might be better. Um, help him run faster. But D-line also is a decent strength for the Lions. The trenches. Never would have thought that. Michael Brockers comes over from the Rams. Aleem McNeil's a rookie from NC State. Levi, I don't even want to oh, I'll say Levi O. He's the new, um, new guy in the um, in second-round pick from Washington. He's going to be a good player. Trey Flowers, their core brothers, they're going to be decent. Um, that, there's a chance that the Lions have a solid, solid defensive line, which is good to see. Linebackers are interesting. I mean, Derek Barnes from Purdue, fourth-round pick, I believe it was, could be really interesting. He's a good athlete. Jamie Collins, he's finally playing more of an outside position, not putting as much coverage, was good. Alex Anzalone from the Saints is there now. Vitae is out, or I'm sorry, Jelani Tabai is out. Thank God the worst draft pick in the history of the NFL was graded as a seventh round and Brad or I'm sorry, Bobby Q and Matty P pick him in the second round. He's complete trash. Finally get rid of him. He literally had feet in cement. Thank God he's gone. He was terrible. Got rid of him today. I think the secondary is the biggest weakness on this team. Jeff Okuda, I'm sorry. I'm he's played one year. This guy's a bust. He's not good. The Lions should if they wanted, they could have traded down and gotten someone different. Uh, just I, I just don't get him. He's he's not going to be good. He's like every other Ohio State receiver. Or, I'm sorry, corner is good in the NFL, and he's not. Uh, Armani Oruwariye, average, just an average corner. He's not great at all. He's going to be starting probably from Penn State in year like three or four. Um, Malafanu, rookie from Syracuse, could be good. Six two, six three, fast. I think he'll play Nickel Roby Coleman. He'll also be decent for the Lions at, at corner, bring some experience there. Um, then Trace Walker and Will Harris play safety. Um, decent, okay. I guess Tracy Walker's had shown flashes of, of playing well, but then you put it together. Uh, I think Jack Fox is the best punter in the league. The Lions' best player is a punter, go figure. No kicker now in the Lions roster. Get rid of Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez. That is weird. Jack Fox is like 5 for 11 on field goals in college. So, don't know what's going to happen. They've got to be looking up. for a guy coming off of the cuts today. I just don't know. But looking at their 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 uh, schedule, it's not easy. Uh, I mean, San Francisco first game, doesn't matter if they're coming off a bad year. Um, they're going to beat the Lions I, there's no doubt in my mind. I think four and thirteen or five and twelve or five and twelve is very realistic for the Lions. Get a high draft pick. Maybe the Rams. If I mean, I'd like to see Stafford maybe be successful. Even after the stuff he said last week, if you haven't seen that, go look that up. Kind of weird after he said he loved Detroit, but whatever. Um, but if they don't do good, then the Lions will have two decent first round picks and can maybe get a quarterback, a Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell and get an offensive lineman or a pass rusher and maybe compete next year. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, looking forward to the NFL in general. I think that the Buccaneers have a really good chance of getting back to the Super Bowl and the NFC and the Chiefs and the Bills and all these just 
The quarterbacks in the NFL are great. I'm looking forward to watching it, and I, I just really can't wait for next weekend to see uh, how it all turns out. And the, the young quarterbacks, Mac Jones going to be a starter. Um, Zach Wilson's going to be a starter. Uh, Tua's a starter. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a starter. Justin Herbert's young. Burrow's back. All these young guys. Fields will probably play. I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, I was just looking to we had some couple local guys, you know, that were down to the last cuts. Kenny Willickis, our boy from Michigan State, just up the street, um, got cut by the Vikings today. I noticed the other day watching him, he was playing both D tackle and D end. I think that versatility is going to get him picked up somewhere, if not off the waivers. I got to imagine Minnesota puts him on the on their uh, practice squad. I think he does have a chance with his work ethic. So we're, we're rooting for you, Kenny. Hoping you make a team. Maybe come over to the Lions uh, and be close. Give us something else to root for with the Lions. Another interesting one, if you ever want to hear my biggest um, a-hole kid story ever, ask me about this guy who made the Patriots. Quinn Nordine, head case of a kicker from Michigan and Rockford. Phenomenal talent, no question. Dude's got a leg, but he is, he's kind of like Bryson. If he misses one wide left, look out. Uh, but he beat out folk there in in new england so that obviously they saw something although the one game ryan and i watched he missed like two extra points in a short field goal but um, that's a couple rockford guys again if you want to hear my um my quinn story i'd be glad to recount re recount it ryan as a witness he was there uh mm-hmm. happened when ryan was in fifth grade ridiculous you trust me you won't really root for this guy if you yeah. hear the story but uh still kudos to to rockford guys we had a you know Good Rockford guy and Joe Staley that played for the 49ers for a long time, too. So good football here in our hometown. Um, and shout-out to our my nephew, Ryan's cousin, Mike, who played like one year of Rocket football in his life, kind of got talked into trying out for the Rockford football team this year. Junior, we go expecting maybe he'll, we'll see him on the sideline. He started at center, just a position he just picked up a week ago. Uh, crazy. So kudos to you, Mike. Um, all right. That is fourth down. Thanks for the great preview with the Lions. I will be uh, napping in and out of most of their games this year, but I, I do get excited to watch them at least for while the game's close. I'm hoping they get better. I'm willing to buy in and drink the Kool-Aid on this new regime. Um, I just like the looks of them. So many players on the sideline, you know, Campbell, Staley, Randall L. I mean, just like chock full of dudes that look like they could still go out and play. Um, I kind of think they'll relate well to the players, and it'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to take a couple years um, but they're going to have to make some moves through free agency and such to, to get there. And I, I think I, for a change, I have an inkling of faith. So we'll, we shall see what happens there. All right. Four downs out of the way. Let's go to the two-minute drill um, and specifically get into a slew of week two picks. Remember, you can get in on the contest. We have not decided exactly what the payout will be because right now it's just me and Ryan and JG. We need more. Come on, Riley, jump in, or Alex or somebody jump into this contest to make it a contest. For the meantime, JG, just keep picking away and see how you do against us, and we'll figure something out for you in the end of the end of the season. But, Ryan, like we did last week, run us through the games. Uh, you make your pick, I'll make my pick, and we'll go from there. Yep, we're going to do all Big Ten, then some big headliners for the week. We're going to start with Thursday night's game, Temple-Rutgers. Um, Temple's not going to be great. Actually, former Michigan State and Ohio State commit. Played for Georgia last year. Now is Temple starting quarterback. Dewan Mathis from Oak Park, right. Michigan. He's their starting quarterback. I don't think he's going to be enough. The Scarlet Knights start off 1-0. and Yeah, I got that as well. I think Rutgers is, has got a chance to make a bowl game this year as we reviewed in our previews. Yeah. Um, game two on Thursday night. Fox game of the night, Ohio State at Minnesota in Minneapolis. Could be an interesting one, but I think Ohio State's going to get the win here. Maybe not cover the 13.5-point spread, but uh, Ohio State's dangerous. We'll see all their talent out there. Yeah, i got Ohio State on the money line, but I've got Minnesota covering the spread in my four-game parlay. So I'm rooting for for the Gophers to keep it close. I think it'll be a good game. Ohio State sometimes stumbles in these, you know, kind of like nighttime spotlight, weird day games. New quarterback, you know, we covered in their preview, but I think uh, they win. But I think Minnesota, like Lee Corso would say, keeps it close. Yes. Uh, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. The game. ESPN, Michigan State, Northwest, and the new, new look Spartans, really. I mean, it's like a whole free agent overhaul, really. Northwestern injuries. 
I think the Spartans get this one done, start off 1-0. I, I'm, we'll talk about it, I think, in the sprint. But I think Michigan State's going to look good, um, hopefully. And maybe if they get this win, then probably beat Youngstown 2-0 going to Miami, see what happens. Yep. Um, could be interesting. Agree. I got Michigan State winning this game. They beat a much better Northwestern team with a much worse, I think, Michigan State team last year. Yeah. I think Michigan State dominates the trenches in this game and gets the dub. Yeah, I agree. Uh, noon on Saturday, Michigan versus the Western Michigan Broncos. Uh, they've had some decently close games in the past, I mean, within 20 points. Uh, Western's always pesky. I mean, they returned one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. I remember his name at Ellaby. Um, their defense is apparently terrible. Former Michigan State running back. Yeah, uh, luxurious Jefferson, according to the – thing at Michigan State on the intercom, but Michigan's going to win this game. I, they might not cover it. Might, they might give up some points. I, we don't know how Michigan's defense is going to look. New new defensive coordinator in, in Mike McDonald uh, could give up some points. Could be, I mean, Michigan's got definitely more talent. They're going to win this football game, but maybe the Broncos will keep it close. I mean, they beat Northwestern five years ago. Maybe they'll beat Michigan. Yeah, will it be App State 2.0? Not quite ready to go there. I'm going to go with Michigan as well, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Western covers that 16.5. I'm staying yeah. away from the spread in this one, but I I'll, I will definitely go with Michigan in the pick on this one. Yeah, uh, noon on Fox, Penn State versus the Badgers uh, in Camp Randall. It's going to be rocking. Uh, could be a good one. I think Wisconsin will win. I think they're better in the trenches on both sides of the ball, more experience. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Yeah, I got Wisconsin as well. I think this is a great game. It's too bad it's not like a 3.30 game or so. Camp Randall, you know, is going to be rocking for jump around at the end of the third quarter. Um, this one's like a five-and-a-half point spread. I think Wisconsin's actually going to, well, they're going to win and they're going to cover that. I think it's going to be probably like a touchdown type of game. I think Wisconsin's got just a little bit more talent. If it was at Penn State, maybe a different story, but I'm, I'm going with whiskey as well. Yep. Uh, going down to Lincoln, uh, Fordham versus Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska. Gone. Nebraska. Boring. Not even close. No cares. Um, Nebraska's terrible. Iowa-Indiana, BTN, 330. I'm excited for that one. Um, I I think it could be really good. I I want Indiana to win, to start off well, but I think Iowa's going to get this win since it's in Kinnick. Um, And Iowa's more experienced, I think, just in this situation of being good and having expectations. I mean, they're both ranked 17-16, I believe, so... Yeah, sometimes these, game. these teams that like Indiana that, you know, they've been rising up. They've been building over the last couple of years. But sometimes when all of a sudden the expectations are heaped, they kind of like womp, 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 and they dud out a little bit. I, I, I'm i still a little bit nervous on Penix with his knee. You know, it was pretty late in the season last year when he blew that thing. And I know that they turn these things around quickly and and whatever. And these guys, you know, work really hard to come back uh, Man, I hope he can. I hope it can hold up for him because I think Indiana could be a spectacular team to watch this year. I mean, their offense, you know, is going to be good. I just think Iowa's going to have too much up front. You know, we're still, even if you know it's like around eighty and not you know, you know, and therefore like ninety-five on the field versus one hundred and twenty on the field like it was last weekend. I just think Iowa will wear teams down at this time of the year, especially with their size. So I've got Iowa as well. Yeah. Um... West Virginia and Maryland could be an interesting one. Everyone's got Maryland as their darling, but I don't. I don't wow. see it happening. I think uh, West Virginia gets this win and starts off a rather poor season for the Terps. Yeah, country roads take me home. West Virginia is going to get this one. Uh, the Beavers, Oregon State playing the Boilermakers, uh, two not great Power Five programs right now. Purdue's going to get this win, start off the year with a win, but I, I don't, We as we talked about, we don't see them winning too many more games. Um, so Yeah, I agree with that. I think Purdue will get the win. I think they're favored by like seven and a half or so. I, yeah. Purdue could have a really dynamic offense. I'm not sure about their defense. Oregon State I don't think is going to be very good. So, yeah, Purdue for sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, UTSA, the Roadrunners, uh, versus, mean- versus the Illinois Fighting Illini. Um Illinois is going to win this game. Um, don't know by how much, but they'll win. Yeah, I. it'll be interesting. Will they lay the hammer? Will they have a little bit of a hangover from last week? You know, we'll start to be able to tell a little bit. I do think that they'll get this win, though. Yeah. Uh, out of the Big Ten now, four games, big games. The Crimson Tide, the reigning national chance, versus the Miami Hurricanes. Um, I think they're playing in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Charlotte, I can't remember where it is. Somewhere. It's it's neutral. Georgia, Clemson's in Charlotte, um, I think. It must be in Atlanta then. Uh, I'm going the Rain and National Champs, Bama. Uh, they're too much. 
Yeah, another great quarterback, Derek King, who Michigan State will see in week three. Coming back from injury. Coming back from a knee injury fairly late in the season. Oh, boy, I don't know. Miami's been one of those teams that's been hyped every year, and then they just kind of fall flat. And then they come back and they finish okay, like 7-5, and 8-4, and four, make a bowl game, and they be like, okay, they're, they're going to be there next year. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Bama's breaking in a new quarterback. They've got a whole turnover, but they know how to turn over an NFL yeah, roster and do it again. So maybe not, you know, the Bama we saw in the national championship game, caliber Bama, but I think Bama wins this game yeah. pretty easily. Going to the game of the night uh, for game day is going to be uh, 7.30 ABC. Georgia Clemson could be a good one. I don't – I'm going to go on the limbs here and say I don't think Georgia is going to have that great of a season. I see them in playoff predictions. I see them top six. I think they're going to end up being closer outside the top 25, to be honest with you, when the season's over. They have a lot of injuries. They've lost a lot of guys. Guys are banged up. Um, I just don't – I don't see it. I think Clemson's going to win this game by 10-plus, and I, I think that Georgia's going to go more like 9-3 and three than 11-1. and one. Yeah, the under in this game is surprisingly low. So if you want to, you want my Vegas insider, which is worth nothing because I've not won a bet in a few weeks, but uh, I was kind of surprised. I think Clemson, you know, they broke in this quarterback against Notre Dame last year. They've got the best, like four of the best defensive linemen in the country yeah, in, in their starting well. four. Yeah, I hope it's a good game. I don't. I don't mind Georgia. I, you know, I've never disliked Georgia per se, um, but I just don't see them. It's, cl- it's closer to Clemson. The injuries that Georgia's got, I, I don't know. I maybe it'll be close, but I think Clemson walks with that game. Yeah. Um, Sunday night, classic little matchup here: the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Florida State Seminoles down at Dope Campbell. Could be interesting. Could get a little dicey for the Irish, but. Florida State has been terrible ever since um, Jimbo left, and I don't think that's And they weren't that great with him there. You know, maybe they'll be fired up for Bowden. I mean, there were some classic games between Bowden and Holtz Mm -hmm. in the Notre Dame-Florida State genre back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Those hope for college football fans, especially with the spotlight that it's that type of game. It'll be interesting to see what Notre Dame does, breaking in a new quarterback. Um, You know, coming off the playoff last year, a lot of key returning pieces, but some question marks. I do think Florida State is probably heading in the right direction, but I don't know. They've they've had too many questionable things happen over the last four, five, six seasons that I, I just yeah. don't have faith that they're going to be yeah. able to pull this I, I off like, even at home. I like Mike Norvell a lot. I think he's going to do good things at FSU, just not right now. Notre Dame's going to yeah. get the win. Notre Dame gets the win. Agree. Monday night, Labor Day. Um, the Ole Miss Rebels, Lane Kiffin's boys playing Scott Satterfield's Louisville Cardinals. Take the over in this game. This is going to be high scoring, high octane. First to 50 probably is going to win this one. Ole Miss returns arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC in Matt Corral, um, and I think that they're going to get the win here. Louisville's just doesn't have enough right now. I just hope Ole Miss wears the powder blues because those are pretty sweet with the Rebels. So I'm, I'll agree. I'll agree going Ole Miss, and I think we Chuck. probably picked every Chuck, single. Yeah, yeah, we picked the same team. We picked so. the same team, so I mean, no, uh, nobody gets a leg up. And I think we we're pretty even last week, even though we had some differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's and it. Picks, Looking so. forward to watching. Uh, yeah, send us your picks. Get your picks send, in there picks, Thursday text game. Me so or Andy, send us a. DM on Instagram or Twitter, email us, send us uh, MySpace, I don't know, whatever the hell you want to do, I don't care. Hey, Put in the bottle, send it, this old, What is this, uh, uh, not old school, um, super bad? Yeah. You guys got MySpace or something like that? All right. That out of the way, told you we'd be going an hour strong. We've got good things to talk about. It's always fun. Um, let's end, as we always do, with a sprint. Ryan. You can pick one golfer to win a $5 million jackpot tournament, and you get a match on the $5 million. So it's a winner-take-all, one golfer in the world, one four-round tournament. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go John Rahm. I think he's the hottest golfer in the world right now. Number one, Rombo. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. Who wins a mascot battle between Goldie Gopher and Bucky Badger? Oh, that ba- Bucky Badger definitely is going to win that. Goldie the Gopher is a softy. Final prediction, who is QB1 for Michigan State this yep. week? Uh, Mel is still mum on this. They asked him, and he said, I'm not saying anything. Peyton Thorne's going to be the starter, I think, I, but maybe I, I, it's 50-50 in my opinion. I'll just say Thorne. All right. 
Finally, what college football announcer do you want following you for a day and doing play-by-play on your life? Uh, I'd say definitely one of my favorite announcers, Sean McDonough. I mean, whoa. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. That's a good pick. So if I could pick one golfer that could earn me five million bucks for a weekend, and I'm not necessarily just basing this off of how guys are playing now, but how they play, I think I'm going to pony up with a little bit of Rory McIlroy love. Never was a huge fan of his before. I've kind of changed my tune on him. I think that he's a guy that can steady Eddie, shoot you four rounds in the 60s and win you five million bucks. So I'm growing Rory. Wins a battle between Sparty comes in and breaks it up, I think. No, uh, I don't know. Both of them have the teeth. Bucky's hideously ugly. Goldie's maybe softer. I'm going to go with Goldie. I think he'd, he'd, uh, you know, gophers, they they kind of go underground. I think that he'd bite some ankles and, and do something there to get to get the badger. Uh, my QB1, man, I, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod. I, I kind of hope it's Thorn. I'm, the fact that they haven't picked one makes me think that there's not a whole lot of separation, and I think if there's not a whole lot of separation, even though he wasn't in the program before, I think they probably go with Russo. Maybe it's a shortish leash. Maybe it's a, uh, a t- uh, you know, kind of a, a, you know, a duo. They both play. I would not be surprised if they both play, but I'm going to say that Russo is going to win the, win the nod for the start. Uh, and for me, college football announcer is hard to argue with McDonough. I'm going to go with Gus Johnson calling my day. It's a pretty boring a day, one. but Gus could bring it to life. Yeah, he could. All right. Uh, Ryan closes up with some final social media reminders. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. Give us your stuff. Tell us. We want to hear it. Um, and we appreciate you guys for listening. Keep telling your friends. We're we're at 1,000 downloads on Podbean, which is cool. So we appreciate everyone who's listened. And, yeah, just keep passing along. We want to keep getting new listeners and get you guys involved. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you like what you hear, don't like what you hear, have ideas, shoot them our way. You know, when we get to basketball, we'll go back to around the world. We'll have five spots. We're at no shortage of things to talk about right now. Clearly, as sports fans, we've got things that we're very opinionated on. So you want to weigh in, uh, you want to join the show and do like a call-in segment, let us know. Let Ryan know on Twitter. I'm actually backing down more and more these days from social media, trying to enjoy life, get my nose out of my phone a little bit because I'm not 22 years old anymore and just smell the coffee. So Ryan's the guy to hit up, but follow him on Twitter, give him a text, whatever. Um, you know, definitely though, appreciate all the love that you guys have shown us with a thousand downloads and many, many more listens. Uh, want to give one more shout out to our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. If you need anything in the realty space, teamanders.com for all your local realty needs. Meantime, you ready, champ? I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs>